1: Coming up, an exciting look at some of the uh, classes that you can take at uh, Wellesley College. Yes, Hillary's alma mater. Uh, it's very exciting. I, I actually was looking at it last night. I know it's an, all, an all-girls all school, and I said to my son, you know, if you get a gender change, you could go where Hillary went, and uh, so he's thinking it over. But
2: it is such an honor to join with the college and all who have come to celebrate this day with you and to recognize the amazing futures that await you. You know, (coughs) four years ago, maybe a little more or less (coughs) for some of you, so, man, I've got to get a lozenge. Thank you. I told the trustees I was sitting with, after hearing Tala's speech, I didn't think I could get through it. So we'll blame allergy instead of emotion. But, you know, you arrived at this campus...
1: You know... I, I also speak uh, professionally, but I don't make uh, anywhere near what Hillary gets. And I actually have to work pretty hard to get a laugh and applause like that. All she has to do is <coughs> <coughs> um, start losing her voice and then put a lozenge in her mouth and the crowd goes crazy. That's all she has to do. She doesn't even have to prepare a speech. It's like. You know how some pe- speeches you have applause lines and you say, OK, we're going to talk about this. And I'll bring up this joke here and see how the audience reacts and whatever. All she has to do is go.
2: <laughs> you, you arrived from all over. You joined students from 49 states and 58 countries. Now, maybe you felt like you belonged right away. I doubt it. But maybe some of you did and you've never wavered. But maybe you changed your major three times and your hairstyle twice as many as that. (laughs) Or maybe after your first month of classes, you made a frantic collect call, ask your parents what that was. (laughs) Back to Illinois, To tell your mother and father you weren't smart enough to be here. My father said, okay, come home. (laughs) My mother said, you have to stick it out.
1: And the rest is history. She stuck it out no matter how many chicks her husband slept with. And look at her now. Okay. Um, The speech wasn't that bad. Actually, I've heard her do commencements before. Not in person, but... She does use some of the same lines, but I think the fact that she had to put a throat lozenges in, I think she was doing, I think the lines were coming off better, so. And keep in mind, it is her alma mater. So I went to the course browser. I'm at uh, edu, and I'm at uh, the a whole list of things here, different things you can take. Including women's studies and et cetera. Here here's some of the things that women have said about women's studies, and then I'll jump over to the diversity page. Here are some things that recent women and gender study students have said they've learned in Wesley classes, Wellesley's classes, excuse me. For me, the most important part of the course was learning to question assumptions that I make on a regular basis. I also learned that to most accurately understand a situation, it's it's essential that you try to see it through the view of the person being affected. Try to put away your own norms and values. Now, what I just read to you, doesn't that apply to everything? Why is that just in gender studies? I mean, why do you – do you see where I'm saying? I learned to question assumptions that I make on a regular basis. I learned to accurately understand a situation. Try to see it through the view of the other person. I mean, that's Negotiation 101. That's Customer Service 101. That's Relationship 101, is it not? And it continues. In women's and gender studies, I learned to question the gendered structure of the world. I learned that both women and men have their own specific problems, depending on where they live, how they view themselves, and how others view them. I'd, I'd also like to add that I, I would imagine one of those problems is what bathroom to use in Charlotte. What is the norm in one culture may not be the norm in another. Just because we are women doesn't mean we're all the same. I learned about different perspectives on women's rights. Now, there's a cheesy answer right there. See, if, that, if I was an alumnus, I would say, honey, is that is that the best you could have written? Women and Gender Studies focuses on breaking down the binary system that is prevalent in most societies worldwide. It focuses on gendered stereotypes and how to get past them. We study how political situations affect women and people's view on women, how history affects the view of women, how nationality affects the view of women. We learn about the struggles and achievements of women throughout history and around the world. So I guess my question was, you know, if my son were to get a gender change to attend Wellesley, which he's not going to. But what do you do with a, a a bachelor's degree in women and gender studies? And then there's a list. Publishing, editing, lobbying, the Navy, public relations, filmmaking, psychology, divinity, medicine, law and social work, business, sales, retail, nursing, technical writing, journalism, education, administration, investment banking, substance abuse counseling, yacht club director that's on. i'm looking right at it software engineering public health public policy public policy politics graduate school and women's studies consulting international ngos which are non-government organizations that's one heck of a thing that i i'm shocked now i'm starting to regret my worthless degree in political science i should have went with women's studies i had an opportunity to really you know what i mean So those are some of the things at Wellesley College uh, that you can participate in. That was by request. uh, Art Selby wanted to hear. He loves whenever Hillary coughs. It cracks him up. So sometimes I will just, I have so much tape of an audio of Hillary coughing or gagging or falling or something. Uh, Did you know that 69% of millennials believe pets will teach them to parent? And I got this press release. (laughs) And this, I'm reading the press release, <laughs> and it says, Ken, we have a millennial commentator available for interviews if you would like to discuss further. So I emailed him back and said, no, I'm, I'm busy raising children. I shouldn't have done that. That just, uh, we'll be right back. Culligan, we've had it for 25 years. You've heard, hey, Culligan, man, right? Hey, Culligan, man. Well, check out CulliganMechanicsburg.com right here in central PA. They test everything and anything about your water. If you're thinking of buying a house, call Culligan. If you have well water, call Culligan. If you don't like the taste of your city or uh, township water, call Culligan. They can fix it. They can make it harder. They can make it softer. They can make it taste better. Chances are there's no danger in it. But you want to get it tested because you don't want stains in your sink. Sometimes you get that or too much, too much of this or too much of that. Sometimes the way your water reacts with your soap or cooking, or you can feel it sometimes with your shampoo, that all has to do with things in your water naturally occurring and the hardness or softness of your water. And Culligan can help you with that. That's what they do. We've had them for, oh, my gosh, I'm trying to think how many years we've... If all total a ton. So check them out, Culliganwatermechanicsburg.com. Culligan means better water, pure and simple. Still to come this hour, I'm going to re-explain the election situation from 2016. Uh, I know you, regular listener, you know this, but I'm going to give you some some shortcuts to enlighten people For example, you might have a get-together on Father's Day, and someone might show up with a Hillary shirt on. And that's fine. I would suggest you spill something on it nicely. But for all the people that say, well, Hillary won the popular vote, Trump didn't even win. Damn Russians. I got a little shortcut to help you with that. That's also coming up this hour, along with uh, what's going to happen to Pennsylvania's death penalty and uh, a few other things. That we're going to discuss. L.A. law enforcement is on high alert after street gangs threaten officers. And don't forget, tomorrow there's a Three Mile Island siren alert at 1215. It'll be three minutes long, more than 90 uh, whatever areas are going to be the siren will be on. So don't panic. It's at 1215 tomorrow in case you hear it. five four zero zero five eighty. My name's Ken Matthews. You can email me, kenmatthews at whp580.com. Live every day, three to six, we talk about people, politics, pop culture, and the next plastic piece of convenience on the chopping block. Meanwhile in Berkeley, here we go. Berkeley is discussing an ordinance that will ban plastic straws. I'm presuming they're going to have a straw poll. Thank you, I'm here till six. The city of Berkeley is deciding whether to create an ordinance banning the environmentally unfriendly item, the drinking straw. Drawn up by three city council members, the city would seek to ban plastic drinking straws from restaurants and coffee shops. On Tuesday, the council met to explore the idea of the ban. We need to change our habits, said the council. One of the three who penned the information report. We need legislation. Of course we do. We need more laws and more more money. Any liberal will tell you that. The habits we have are destroying our planet. And then I would have written into her speech, this is the last straw. And I would have had a straw there and everybody would have laughed. And then I would have got a throat lodgings and went. She also suggested that the additional cost associated with alternative biodegradable straws which, by the way, cost up to eight times more than plastic straws, she suggested we should pass that on to the consumer because we've got to save the planet together. This is what I don't like about planet, not rebels, what do you call them? Remember when you could say soup Nazi and it was funny? Seinfeld, that was great. And everybody talked about different things. Oh, he's a gun Nazi. He's a he's a environmental Nazi. He's a whatever Nazi. Soup Nazi. Whatever. You can't do that anymore. The ban would be good for the fish in which we eat, because I guess a lot of straws end up in the ocean, from what surveys say. And it's good for the children who are exposed to the BPEs in the plastic. So apparently there's something that comes out of the straw. And in typical fashion you have to you have to have it. It's like a three point plan with every idea that leftists come up with. Okay, so the habits we have are destroying our planet. Okay? Part one. Part two. We need more money. We're gonna pass it on to you. Okay, let's move on to part three. It's for the children. The plastic straws, it's it's hurting our children. Yeah, I know there's opioids and illegal immigrants and gang members and all kinds of horrible things, but these damn straws. No, Timmy, don't! Get a sippy cup. I know you're 18, but it's better for the environment. The ban may seem like a small thing, but the National Park Service reports that Americans use 500 million straws per day? Holy crud. It's an interesting thing for the National Park Service to be reporting on, though, isn't it? The ban should help the city of Berkeley reach its zero waste goal by 2020. That's their goal, to not have anything that is not recyclable or biodegradable by 2020. I I get a kick out of that because it's Berkeley, and I think about I've heard so many people speak from Berkeley, you know, in the media and stuff, and their brains are already wasted. So I don't know how they're gonna zero out that waste by twenty twenty. But it is it is interesting. I didn't think I saw that number. Half a half a billion straws a day. I'm trying to think the only time I use a straw is at a fast food restaurant. Or to to like shoot, you know, spitballs in the back of my one son's head. Which you should never do, kids. It's a bad, bad example. Look, don't look to me as a role model. Kathy Griffin's out there. You certainly don't need some guy on the radio as a role model. That's too much pressure for me. 800-724-5801. Okay. You've heard this argument before, and it's a factual argument. Uh, Hillary Clinton won more popular votes. All right? and and then, But there's so much more to it. In California, Hillary Clinton got 4.3 million more votes than Trump. She won the popular vote by 2.9 million. All right, so in the United States, she won the popular vote by 2.9 million. But in California, she got 4.3 million. So what does that tell you? It tells you that if we got rid of California, hey, we can dream. If they became their own country, we can only hope, but that Trump would have cleaned her clock. California, though, is the exception that proves the genius of the electoral college, which was designed to prevent a regional candidate or a dominating state from taking over the whole election. And that's exactly what would have happened... With 13 trillion liberals in California, blinded by Hillary and Obama love. Because in California, Hillary got 4.3 million more votes than Trump. California is a one-party state. It's pretty much turned into a one-party state. The number of Californians who registered to Democrats went up by over a million. The number of registered Republicans went down by almost half a million. So let's keep California in the argument. Let's keep it in there. Because it's complicated to say, well, if you took California out, then it would, you know. So you don't have to go down that road. All you have to do when some dingbat says, well, Hillary won the uh, popular vote, all you have to do is say, look, Trump won 30 states, Hillary won 20. End of conversation. How many states did Hillary win? 20. How many states did Trump win? 30. All right, that's number one, okay, the states. Trump wins 30, Hillary wins 20. What about the electoral votes? You already know this. Trump wins 306, Hillary wins 232. But here's something that really jumped out at me. The average margin of victory in the states that each candidate won was 3% Three percent less for Clinton across the board, she had a much closer margin than the media talks about. The average margin of victory in states that President Trump won was fifty six percent and hillary it was fifty three and a half so there's there's your argument, yeah she may have she may have more. She may have more popular votes in California, but Donald Trump won 30 states, Hillary won 20, and of course he cleaned her clock on the electoral votes. That saves you from having to draw a map of California, which most people wouldn't understand anyway. The Stana Stairlift, more than half a million satisfied customers. The Stana Stairlift, exclusively distributed in central PA by Butler Mobility Products, is safe, reliable, affordable. You sit in it, and it safely takes you up the stairs. No matter what the the contour of your steps are, they make a strong, built, strongly built track. And you sit in it, takes you right up and down safely. It's the lift that lasts. And you'll find out more details on how the Stanis Stair Lift changes your life at butlermobility.com. Sadly... In Baghdad, families with children were enjoying a late-night snack after breaking their fast for Ramadan when the explosions went off. According to Iraqi officials, a massive bomb outside a popular ice cream parlor in central Baghdad and rush-hour car bomb in another downtown area killed at least 31 people in the last 24 hours. The Islamic State Terror Network claimed responsibility for the ice cream parlor attack but a source in Baghdad says a militia group unrelated to ISIS was responsible. Uh, it's interesting because Fox is covering this, and I haven't seen anything about it on MSNBC or CNN. They're busy with the Russian thing. It's very interesting. I I don't know what it would be like to live in that environment. I can't even imagine it. But you, you talk about this obsession that some cultures and religions have with killing each other it's just it's unbelievable day in and day out and there was another another issue too that just broke that i haven't read through enough yet so i don't want to share it with you but uh, we we had the car bomb go off recently too uh the the eight hundred seven two four fifty eight zero one. and again every time i see one of these stories i think of kathy griffin and the opportunity she gave to our enemies who are joyful when they see Americans die, American presidents die, American soldiers die. And then she I, – I really don't know what she was thinking. I mean, here's what I think she was thinking. This is going to go viral and it's going to be, wow, you know, it's art and it's over the – but see, to me, there's a difference between – uh. To me, that goes beyond offensive. And off the top of my head, I think of certain things like uh, the, the crucifix and the urine and the, that exhibit in New York. Offensive, should it be shut down? Of course not. You don't shut down things like that in the country. You don't do it. It's offensive. I wouldn't pay to see it, but it's art. I was actually working in Cincinnati during the Maplethorpe exhibit when the Cincinnati police showed up, closed the exhibit, and removed certain... Items that the Cincinnati City Council thought were offensive, and that was the closest I was to experiencing kind of a a Nazi book-burning anti-art vibe, which took place all over Europe. And the irony was the Nazis used to steal art that they liked and beautiful items that they liked, and then they would just destroy cultural items and items that— may or may not be, va- that that were valuable to other cultures. So that's why they're at, at the end of the war, there was, I think there was a movie made about it. There were several books written about it. At the end of the war, there was uh, all these discoveries of, they had all this wonderful art. And sometimes they stole it because they enjoyed it. Sometimes they stole it, well, it was wrong to steal anyway. But what I'm saying is they stole it for value or money. But... For some reason, this goes beyond art. So I I think we're in a—it's that that crazy line. But I'm such a proponent of free speech that that's why you can go back—you can go to every single podcast I've ever had. You're never going to hear me say, well, Kathy Griffin should be arrested. She should never have a show. Bill Maher should be in prison. I'm never going to say that because it is what it is. But I do think there should be consequences. And and especially by people who are constantly lecturing us. Understand the Bill Mars of the world and um, the Kathy Griffins and the Stephen Colbert's. <coughs> Excuse me. I need a lodging. Could someone get me a Hillary Clinton uh, throat thing? Thank you. Those people are constantly lecturing Americans, in particular Americans on the right, about how hateful we are and hate speech and we need to be more sensitive. And They have a list of words we're allowed to use and we're not allowed to use. And they, the people like Stephen Colbert tell us, this is how you refer to a black American. And this is how you should talk about a transgender American. And this is how you should. And they're always lecturing us. And I find that the people on the left that lecture us so much about don't be a hater and don't do this and don't do that. They end up being the most vicious of the haters and the violators. Uh, My reaction would be the same if she was holding Trump's head, Obama's head, Hillary's head. My reaction would be the same. And I think a lot of people on the left don't understand that. That's where there's a disconnect between liberalism and conservatism. That's where there's that disconnect. And this is why I'm just, I'm wondering, well, I know why it hasn't, it's not making the news. I know that the narrative from the left is, especially in newsrooms, well, look, let's not give her any attention. It was real. But the narrative is that there were probably people in newsrooms across America going, wow, that's awesome, man. Whoa, that takes guts. Kathy's so courageous. And I'm sure they think that, it, that it's art or comedy. It's, it's not art or comedy. It is a threat. It's holding the leader of the free world's bloodied head in your hand. It is exactly what's all over social media with ISIS and the Muslim Brotherhood. It's the exact same photo. That's what they do. So that's what I found even more disturbing. How out of touch does this woman have to be to understand the message that that sent to the world? that a that a white american woman would pose with the president's bloody head i think about some of the stuff you've seen online and in social media some of its it's fuzzed out or it's it's blacked out on social media and I'm, i i that was the first time ever last night was the first time ever i put a isis beheading photo on my facebook page and I just put it to put it next to Kathy Griffin, so people who were really in the dark understood why so many of us were upset about that—the the, the whole beheading thing. So don't buy into it when they say, "Well, what about Kathy? She she had her rights attacked. No, she didn't. If she was in jail now, being electrically shocked, hanging upside down in a Castro basement somewhere." But she's not. She got fired from CNN in case you missed it. She was going to be hosting the New Year's countdown with Anderson Cooper, which I actually find very entertaining when the two of them get together. It's, it's funny. But it's not freedom of speech. Or maybe it is in some sick way, but that's why I thought it was over the line. But what we cannot do, and I get a, I've got a lot of emails about it. She should be arrested. She should be this. She should be that. I don't know. I don't want to go down that road. For a couple reasons, because it feeds into the left. If you go through history, leftists have always been the fascist. Leftists have been the socialist, the communist. the The far left is where things, that's where things go off the rails. That's where you get people like Margaret Sanger. And, you know, I think we need people just with blue eyes. That's the far left. And because there's so much shame about it, they try to spin it like that's what Trump's all about. But we know better because we elected Trump. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Kathy Griffin issue thaws, if it does at all. And if people are now going to come out after calling me a hater because I call President Obama a socialist or I call Hillary an incompetent criminal, they say that's horrible, visceral, hateful speech. And then they're mum about Kathy Griffin. So I think there's a distinct difference there. Your phone calls coming up next. The other uh, bombing that I left out of my last report, I wanted to get the details on it, was a suicide bomber in Kabul, Kabul, Afghanistan. It killed 90 in in the embassy area. I guess they have an area where a lot of the embassies are clustered. I guess there's a big crater in front of the German embassy, but it killed 90. This is separate from the Baghdad. Totally different one, different location, as you know, that killed, I believe, uh thirty it, it just it never ends. It never ends. And there's so much there there's so much written about this now that uh even when people try to help the different areas, the terrorist, the hardcore. Extreme Islamists will not permit it. They won't permit you to to build a school. They don't want you to build a school. The extremists, they don't want schools or drinking water for their people. They don't. They, They want compliance. They want slavery. They want apostates dead. And that's what's so sad about it. And that's that's the other story that never gets told. How many times people try and try and try? And you know, a lot of people have the belief, and I've heard this. You know, we should just get out of this altogether because, and you've heard this. I'm sure you've heard this this line of thought, and that is, there are groups of people that will kill themselves or kill each other for the forever till the end of time, and there's nothing we can do about it, which is a, a sad. State of affairs, when you think about it, I, I'm one of those people that thinks there is a level of hope, but the real story is, and I don't think we see enough of it in the news media because they have a narrative to push, and that is the, the hundreds and hundreds of efforts that have been made for schools and empowering women and education and aid, and all the things that the United States has done in different parts of the world, and there's always seems to be bad actors there that ruin it. Or bad actors that say, if you help the infidel build the school, we'll kill you and your family. So it's almost like sometimes you can't win. If you go in to kill people, you're going to get labeled. If you go in to help people, you're going to get labeled. If you go in to defend yourself, you're going to get labeled. It's just one of those. But ISIS is pure evil. This terror is pure evil. And as long as you can open up a holy, the Holy Koran, as the president of the United States used to call it, the Holy Koran, as long as you open it up and it says right in there, you got to kill Ken Matthews because he's a Christian. Uh, as long as you can open that book and justify your behavior, I think this is going to go on for a long time. And I think the reason so many people don't understand it is they don't understand where it's coming from. So they come up with stupid comments like, well, if it wasn't so damn hot, that's what's doing it. It's damn global warming. Look at how crime goes up in Newark when there's a heat wave. It's damn heat. They wouldn't do it if it was nice. If they had air conditioning, can't we airlift air conditioning over there? So as long as you get stupidity like that, you get further away from the the real reason that has been going on through history. That you have one dominant culture that believes in the mix that they must take over the world. That that is their destiny and they have to do it by any means necessary. They have to convert, enslave, or kill And that is the epicenter of every single extreme Muslim issue from South America to Africa to uh, Southeast Asia, uh, most recently the Philippines. That's the core of it. If you're wondering, why are these people shooting at us? Why are they blowing up the bus? Why are they blowing up the ice cream parlor? Why are they killing it? Because if you're Muslim, you're either not extremist enough— You're going to die. You're considered an apostate. If you're Christian, you're going to die. If you're gay, you're going to die. If you violate the Quran, you're going to die. Or the Sharia, excuse me. And nobody talks about it. We keep bringing up stupid crap. If they just had water. If they just had air conditioning. If we just hugged them. Instead of bombing the hell out of them, we just gave them a big hug. Your phone call's coming up. Thanks for your patience. I'm Ken Matthews.